And you're listening to the Chris and Joe Show presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, as always, joined by Chris Flum. And like we do towards the end of the week, we are going to be giving you our preview episode, this time for a matchup with the in-state rival, New York Jets, who are currently 1-7 on the season, have significantly underperformed to the expectations of many after they spent so much money in free agency in attempts to bring in Le'Veon Bell, C.J. Mosley, just to name the two biggest players that they were able to haul. But 1-7 is not a record that many people would have expected for them, creating a good opportunity for the Giants to pick up their third win on the season and to stunt and kill a losing streak that has been continually dragging them down. So as we do, as always, on these preview episode episodes, we are going to be giving you the offensive and defensive game plan. So to cap things and start things off here for the offensive game plan, when we're looking at this Jets defense, they're very young and very talented, but they have not been playing up to their full potential. Chris, who are the big names that we need to be aware of this week? Well, I'd say the two that just leap off the page are Quinn and Williams, their first round draft pick this year, and Jamal Adams. You know, Williams, defensive tackle, interior defensive lineman. He's really athletic. He's capable of getting penetration and disrupting behind the line of scrimmage. And Jamal Adams is just one of the best safeties in the league. He's a do-it-all guy. He can cover. He can play the run. He can blitz. He is a really good player, even if he's not particularly happy with Jets management at the moment. This Jets defense is developing and improving very similar to the Giants unit. It's a shame that they haven't been able to be one of the top mark defenses, especially when they do have C.J. Mosley healthy. It's expected that he will not be playing in this game. But one of the things I noticed with this defense is that that they do make plays, that they're better than they appear, but it seems at times that they're hung out to dry by the their offense because they're on the field so much because of the amount of turnovers that the Jets' offense um, are incurring and that they're ha- that they're giving away the ball to the other team. So they're constantly on the field. It's you can only really do so much if that that is the case. Yeah, and that's kind of something we've seen with the Giants' defense. Just yeah turnovers, not being able to extend drives. It's really tough for a defense to play well under those conditions. Ultimately, for that reason, you shouldn't be too surprised if this Jets defense plays better than they appear so, and if if they come out and start the game off hot because they're underrated. They've been in a lot of sticky situations because of a lack of performance offensively. So when we look at this this defensive unit, though, that has has promise – what do you think, Chris, are its its bigness, biggest weaknesses? This is something we both brought up just talking before we went on air, and that's their secondary and their corners in particular. Jamal Adams is a really good player. They have other good players kind of scattered around their defense. I would say C.J. Mosley, but like you said, he's injured. They've got Jordan Jenkins as kind of a do-it-all linebacker. He plays some edge. He plays in space some. They've got Marcus May. He's good, but... They're, they don't really have anybody who can just match up and lock down an opposing receiver or tight end. Just They don't have anybody who's just really solid and dependable and just put them out there and forget about it on in, in their pass coverage. So that was probably their biggest weakness to me. Yeah, when I look at their corner depth chart, 
there's nobody on here that scares me. Daryl Roberts, Nate Hairston are listed as their starting corners. And if anything, after looking at their previous games tape, if I'm Daniel Jones, I'm, I'm drooling at this opportunity because last game against the Miami Dolphins, a winless Miami Dolphins team that they lost to, there were a number of plays in man-on-man situations that a subpar receiving group for the Dolphins was able to get open and also make contested catches very, very easily. At times, their corners just almost looked like they were giving not full effort. Uh, There were times where I, I actually saw where they could have made some plays and they almost elected not to. Not sure their reasoning there, but there are a lot of open opportunities that are going to arise this Sunday for the Giants' offense. It's really just a matter of how they're going to take advantage it, advantage of it and if they choose to attack uh, that specific unit. The Giants' passing game is going to be a little bit limited from what it could be. We just found out today Evan Ingram is expected to miss the game with a midfoot sprain. Not a great injury. Definitely could be worse, but probably not going to be on the field Sunday. We are... We, don't really know what Sterling Shepard's status is other than that other than he is back in the concussion protocol which that was a Saturday surprise but the Giants do still have Golden Tate they do still have Cody Latimer they do still have Darius Slayton they've got guys who may not be able to really scare a great secondary but they should be able to have a nice day against the Jets you mentioned Evan Ingram and also Sterling Shepard not being available for this game. Sterling Shepard, we're still waiting to see if he can find his way out of concussion protocol, which he has not been able to, to do for a very long time. But John Jalapio was held out of practice today, or on Wednesday rather, and that is another hit that the Giants could be taking, especially because their offensive line play has been very, very poor. And as much as you and I would like to probably blame him for some of those poor performances because of his lack of slide protection, it's still a missing piece for them. So do you think that's really going to have any any impact uh, on the on the pass protection, especially considering the Jets have a decent defensive line and also Quinn and Williams coming up the middle? You know, I would kind of say I don't expect it to have a whole lot of impact. Spencer Pulley is not a great center. I don't know that he really is any kind of improvement over Jalapio. He is more experienced. He might be a little bit more mobile. So maybe that will help with slide protection. Maybe that will help with, you know, picking up stunts, twists, blitzes, that sort of thing. But I'm just not, I'm not sure how much replacing one subpar center with another subpar center is really going to improve the Giants' pass protection and offensive line play as a whole. I was thinking the same thing that Jalapio has not been up to an expected standard. So putting Spencer Pulley in there might not really have that much of an adverse effect. So it's not to the extent of not having Evan Ingram. It's more of the extent of, oh, okay, we're just going to plug the next guy in. There shouldn't be too much of a, a decrease in performance, especially because Spencer Pulley has had a decent amount of game experience, especially last season. So as we do, all, as always, to wrap up the offensive game plan, Chris, what needs to be the focus of the Giants game plan on offense? You know, I'm actually going to go ahead and say the Giants need to not forget about and hit play action passes. You know, we saw them be a little bit more creative against Dallas and it worked. It They did have some nice things happen on offense. Not many, but they did happen. 
I would love to see them use more play action. The Jets, even though they don't get a whole lot of sacks, they do have a pretty good pass rush. ESPN has been charting pass pass rush win rate. Nice tongue twister there. That that needs an acronym or something. But ESPN has been tracking it, and the Jets are actually 11th in the NFL in terms of their pass rush win rate. Aha, did it. And you know, as we've seen, the Giants' pass protection just is not consistent. Football Outsiders has them at the has them down at I believe twenty second in a in adjusted sack rate. They're giving up sacks at a higher rate than they were last year. So, just using play action, using that misdirection, that's a great way to slow down a pass rush and also hit those deep passes that the offense has just been lacking. Uh, another thing is worth building off of is the impact that Saquon Barkley is having in the receiving game. He's had two very good performances against the Lions and then now the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football. And the Jets, from what I saw on tape, struggle a lot at picking up receiver uh, receiving backs coming out of the backfield, stopping any yards after catch. And to put some context on that, James White, when they played the Patriots, had seven receptions for 59 yards. And then Leonard Fournette, of all players, who some would argue is the furthest thing from being a receiving back, had seven receptions for 60 yards. So guys are getting decent touches through the air coming out of the backfield. And when you have a multi-dimensional running back who may not be dominating games right now on the ground because of not being at 100%, he can still get you chunk yardage, pick up first downs if you scheme him some opportunities. We saw it against Dallas when it worked when they schemed him a ball and a dump-off pass. Stuff like that needs to be worked in more, especially if there's a chance that, that Evan Ingram is not playing. Yeah, I agree completely. Saquon Barkley is, even if he is not 100%, he is still their most dangerous weapon. They need to get him the ball. They need to get him the ball in the best situations they can and just put him in position to Use his athleticism, even if it's a little bit diminished. Use it to create plays. Yeah, do whatever you can to get him in space because right now up the middle has not been available or open specifically in their last game against the Cowboys. The other thing that goes in line with that is we saw a lot more creativity in the play calling, some reverses, some read option. Things like that need to be continued and built upon those things work. Those help the Giants get first downs and get some chunk plays. If they're not able to get those big chunk plays from their normal play calling, they need to keep doing that. I think this is a perfect opportunity to use against a defense that is kind of on its heels. Yeah, the Giants might have to rely on those creative play calls to pick up yards and really pick them up kind of regularly because the one thing the Jets do do well on defense is defend the run. They've allowed the sixth fewest yards per game on the ground, even fewer yards per game than the Cowboys do. And the Giants were basically completely unable to do anything in the running game against Dallas. And since week three, the Giants have only allowed the Giants have only been averaging 2.9 yards per carry with their running backs. So if they are going to just kind of pound the rock, that just might not be there for them. So 
they might have to get a little unconventional to get yards on the ground, to keep the chains moving, to stay, uh, sorry, just to keep the chains moving and to stay on schedule on offense. This might be one of their best opportunities to get back on their feet after an underwhelming performance on offense against the Dallas Cowboys. Up next, we're going to talk about the defensive game plan, but before we do that, we're going to take a very short commercial break. Defensively, the Giants also might have a wonderful opportunity to have a good week, and that is specifically because of how bad this offense has been. I'm not even putting any hyperbole on that or being sarcastic when I say how bad this offense has been for the Jets because they are the worst team in the NFL in points, yards, pass yards, and then they're 30th in rush yards per game. So statistically, they are not moving the ball. They're turning the ball over at a significant clip specifically because of Sam Darnold's willingness to throw the ball to the other team. Chris, is this Jets offense as bad as it sounds is the way that I'm describing it? <laughs> uh, if I would say it's not far off. Yeah, I, I don't think a team is ever as good as they are in their best win, and I don't think they're ever as bad as they are in their worst loss. So I, we could probably throw their win against Dallas and their loss against Miami out. The Jets do have some weapons. Le'Veon Bell is expected to play. He's dealing with knee and ankle injuries, but if he's on the field, you have to assume he's going to play, and you have to assume he's going to be Lev Bell. They've got Jameson Crowder, who has hurt the Giants before, just as a quick, shifty slot receiver. They've got Jamison Crowder, who has hurt the Giants before, just as a quick, shifty slot receiver. They also have Robbie, Ander- yeah, Robbie Anderson, who can be a good deep threat. He is, I think, a receiver t- people should probably be talking about more. And as inconsistent and turnover-prone as Sam Darnold has been, I don't know that you can ever really count him out and just say, this game is a gimme. Because he is capable of really high-level performances. Yeah, they certainly are able of performing. We saw that against the Dallas Cowboys. So there really shouldn't be any doubt in this Jets offense. There shouldn't really be any uh, taking this game for granted. Because anything can really happen considering the amount of yards the Giants defense is giving up to opposing offenses. I think that the one thing that is an issue with this Jets team is their offensive line, which has been really killing them. They tried to revamp it in the offseason by making a trade for Kalichi Osemele, who is no longer with the team after a huge controversy with an injury. But they also brought in uh, Kelvin Beecham and Ryan Khalil and just has not clicked. It has not meshed. It has not all worked out for them creating a lot of pressure for Sam Darnold and ultimately it's just it's been killing their offense and keeping them from being able to move the ball. So speaking of Sam Darnold, he turns the ball over a lot. He's had a ton of turnovers in the past few games. One in particular against the Miami Dolphins in the red zone where he tossed the ball up willingly to an opposing player because he had pressure bearing down on him. How do you think the Giants can continue that trend? Well, you just said it. He had pressure bearing down on him. The Jets have a bad offensive line. Exploit that. Send pressure. Get pressure with your front seven, front three or front four if you can, and use zone blitzes, stunts, twists. Send extra rushers. 
get in Darnold's face, force him to make bad decisions. Yeah, it all comes down to that. All of his major mistakes have come when he has an opposing player bearing down on him. This Jets offensive line not doing a thorough job of protecting him. From any Jets fan that I've heard, the one thing that they continually gripe about is how much the O-line is killing Darnold and how much they're essentially selling him out on every single passing play. You, you almost, when you watch the tape, you almost assume that he's going to get hit or touched or something. And this is coming from the Giants' perspective that we have in which we're constantly negatively speaking about the Giants' offensive line. I don't even think it compares. I think that the Jets' offensive line is significantly worse than the Giants' situation right now. Um, but again, for that very specific reason, they can use that to create turnovers. We've seen pass rush capability. It's the strongest unit for this Giants defense. Lorenzo Carter, Marcus Golden, even the big guys in the middle, middle Dalvin Tomlinson, Leonard Williams, uh, Dexter Lawrence, all those guys can get after the quarterback. They just need to scheme some ways with some blitzes and some other things. Yeah, and then on the back end, they have to be sound. You know, I'm... I talked about Lev Bell, Robbie, and yeah, Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder. They can't let these guys run free. You know, we can't have any coverage breakdowns or communication errors or just things like that, which have plagued the Giants' secondary and linebackers over the course of this year. If they can play sound football on the back end, keep the ball in Darnold's hands, let the pressure get to him, and then exploit it when he makes a mistake that is going to be very important for this Giants defense the final thing we want to discuss here though is that we, we've seen a tendency for opposing offenses that are doing very very bad having a get healthy game as we like to say here on the show where they get their feet underneath them and they go on a hot streak the, the best example of that is the Minnesota Vikings they had a very rough start to the season especially Kirk Cousins and then finally after they play the Giants, he has a great game, and now he's one of the hotter quarterbacks in the NFL. So on that note, how do they keep this game from being yet another get-healthy game, except this time for the Jets? I would say just, again, just try to be sound on the back end. The Giants should have the advantage along the offensive line. Yeah, their defensive front should be better than the Jets' offensive line. But they just cannot have rookie mistakes. They can't have guys not knowing where they're supposed to be, not knowing what coverage they're supposed to be playing. They can't let Anderson, Crowder, any of those guys get free and gash them for big gains. If Donald makes a risky pass, if he tries to fit one into a tight window, they have to knock it down. They have to intercept it. I could see the Jets coming in and playing with some fire after losing to Miami like that. Because before that, Miami was considered the worst team in the league. They, pretty much everyone assumed they were actively trying to lose and just tank the season, go completely winless. And then here come the Jet. Then here the Jets come and lose to them. They've been under fire all week. There are people calling for their coach to be fired. Uh, there are people questioning the players. I'm not sure how loud that will be in, in the locker room, but they have to at least be aware of it. And it would not surprise me to see them come out and want to really stick it to the Giants and use this as a statement game. This is a game the Giants can't allow to be a trap game for them. As much as a 
two and seven team can have a trap game. This one can't be it. Going in line with that, just matching their intensity. If they do come out uh, hungry, the Giants need to come out hungry, or they just need to have a strong mentality that they want to get a strong, good win this weekend because it's really a matter of who comes out ready to play first, like you said, who comes out firing. If the Giants are the team that's firing first, they'll have the upper hand. To finish things off, though, Chris, what do you think needs to be the focus for the Giants' defensive game plan? Yeah, I think we've been saying it all the time since the commercial break. Just force Sam Darnold to do everything. Put the game on his right arm and force him to beat you. And if he if you can do that, he will probably make a mistake. And as I say this, I realize this is probably also the game plan people are coming up with for the Giants. But just play sound football. Try to force Sam Darnold to beat you. Don't let him get too creative and put too much stress on the defense, which he is capable of doing. He is capable of running around and throwing really accurately from just weird bases and positions and launch angles. So put the pressure on him, exploit their offensive line, and try to exploit every opportunity you get on defense. Creating that opportunity to make Darnold beat them all starts with choking the out the run game. They cannot allow Le'Veon Bell to get the same consistent opportunities that Ezekiel Elliott had a week ago, which was essentially allowing him to pick up five-yard gains easily on first and second down. Giants need to come ready to stop the run. That needs to be their first main priority. And maybe Sam Darnold throws for over 250 yards and plays better than he has been at least if he's throwing the ball over 35 times in this game, you can expect him to have some turnovers, make some mistakes. The more times that the ball is in his hands, you can count on something going wrong and something bad happening for him. All right, folks, that's going to be it from us, giving you the preview for the Sunday matchup against the New York Jets. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And immediately after the game on Sunday, on Sunday night, we'll be giving you a quick take reaction like we always do after the game make sure you also follow us on social media at big blue view at joe de leone d-e-l-e-o-n-e and also at raptor m-k-i-i for chris have a wonderful rest of your day folks